It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. are locked on cougars this is your tuesday edition of the podcast thank you for making us your first listen of the day hope you all are doing great out there plenty to get to ahead on this episode We'll talk about what we learned from Monday's press availability from both Virginia and BYU. The head coaches, Kalani Sitake, as well as Bronco Mendenhall speaking. We'll let you hear from them. We'll also get to some questions on a hashtag Twitter Tuesday. And, of course, catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we typically do. So a lot to get to, and let's waste no more time and get into it. But first, our title sponsors, our friends over at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low price. Is all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, let's get rolling here on a Tuesday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 26th, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And thank you for your continued support of this venture. If you have not done so already, I would highly encourage you guys, hit that follow button wherever you're listening in from as we are free and available on all podcasts platforms and also make sure to leave us a rating and review especially if you happen to be listening to us on apple Podcasts, which the majority of you still are it's crazy to look at the metrics but apple Podcasts is far and away still the number one podcast source for podcast listeners so thank you for your support in advance but also all you listeners out there on spotify Google Podcasts, Stitcher, man, there's just a myriad of different podcast providers out there, Pocket Cast, just to name some of them. Thank you for your support as always and hope you guys find a product of worth to you in your daily lives as we try to make you guys the smartest BYU fans out there. Now we're getting ready for the return of Bronco Mendenhall to Provo, Utah this Saturday night and man, I am torn on what to do with regards to Bronco Mendenhall. And let me be clear about this. Bronco Mendenhall, in my brief uh, interactions with him, and I guess the brief's probably not the right term, I spent a few years working professionally around Bronco Mendenhall, and he was nothing if not courteous with his time would always give me a straight answer when I gave him a good question. He was a guy who didn't suffer long-winded questions that he deemed nonsense. That's that's the one thing that kind of irked him about what happened with the media here in Utah. I also thought towards the end of his tenure in Provo, he was very much stifled in terms of what he like to operate, not in terms of how he, in terms of how he liked to operate. He is not a guy who wants to go out to dinner and be inundated with a million different requests for photos, autographs, 
saying hi, small talk. That's not Bronco Mendenhall. That's not anything against him. That's just not how he prefers to operate. Kalani Satake, on the other hand, he is the exact opposite. That dude will talk for hours with anybody and everybody who wants to talk with him. His family, as he has talked about often, will actually take a separate car to events because they know inevitably he's going to get stopped by somebody. Two different coaches who have had their successes at BYU. We cannot ignore the fact that Bronco Mendenhall won 99 games in his tenure at the helm of the BYU football program. Had he and his staff been a little more engaged with regards to a certain bowl game before they left, he might have gotten to the even 100 mark, but that's just neither here nor there at this point. But both Kalani Satake and Bronco Mendenhall held their weekly press conferences yesterday, and I thought both of them had some very good thoughts on going to face off against one another this Saturday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So we'll start off with Kalani Satake. What does he make of the return of Bronco Mendenhall to BYU, to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, as the opponent in this instance? Well, here's what Kalani had to say. There's a lot of BYU guys on that staff, and so there's a great connection between our staff and their staff and, and guys that have played football here and guys that have put in a lot of effort and energy and sacrificed a lot of their time here at BYU. So we're always going to be supportive of them, and we tend to watch a lot of the Virginia games because we want to support those guys, and we're friends with a lot of them. And I have tons of respect for Bronco Mendenhall and what he's done here at BYU. The type of man that he is, the leader that he is, he produces great people in his football programs, and it's It's been a pleasure for me to be here and to take over as a new head coach in a program that he established and laid the foundation and was able to really do some great things. And so I have a deep appreciation and gratitude to him. We still consider all those guys BYU guys. And so we support Virginia and we want to see them win. And whenever we have uh, games and we have success, um, it's pretty much a given that we'll get a lot of praise coming from back east and a lot of the guys on that staff and people that reach out to myself and others on our team with congrats. And so just a class organization and it's because their head coach and what he does as a leader he tells players love him does a great job and I like his style of coaching and leadership I think he gets the most out of his young men and they love him that's always going to be good with me and if you look at the last 16 years or so there's been two guys in that seat and he's one of them so I think if there's anybody that would understand a little bit what I'm going through he would be the guy so I'm looking forward to connecting with him pregame and you know I'm going to give him a warm welcome that he deserves because of the time that he spent here and the things that he's done for this organization being a BYU fan myself. I have tons of appreciation for him on that. But once the game starts, we'll go back to the game being about the players. And once it's finished, regardless of the outcome, that level of respect and appreciation and love will still be there for him and his staff. Kalani Satake, ever the statesman, making it very simple. He's saying, hey, there's respect between us. They've interacted with one another at different events, that type of stuff. But the game really, it, it is about the players. We all know that Bronco Mendenhall, when he walks on the field, I think there is going to be about an even split. I think there will be half the fans at LES who will be booing Bronco Mendenhall and I think half will be cheering him. I'd be happy to be wrong because I do think he deserves some adulation for what he accomplished. He lifted BYU out of the absolute dregs. You you guys that are old enough, you listeners that are old enough, guys being gender neutral, let me be clear about that. Any of you who remember the 2002 to 2004 era under Gary Croton know to the depths of what BYU had sunk to and Bronco Mendenhall 
resurrected them like a phoenix, did some absolutely incredible things during his tenure in Provo. So he deserves to be appreciated for what he did. Now, also, he did up and leave. So there is that element to it. This was not Bronco Mendenhall being forced out. This was not Bronco Mendenhall being told, hey, Bronco, you should look for another job. This guy chased multiple jobs in his final few years on the job in Provo. He was also headhunted a couple of times to gauge his interest in different jobs. So he did leave. So he did not leave uh, in terms of under pressure, that type of stuff. Maybe he felt pressure because he doesn't like to necessarily deal with the day-to-day pressure of being the head coach at BYU and kind of the stifling nature, apparently, that he thinks exists in Provo around BYU fans. But I think you can still appreciate what he accomplished while also saying, you know what? Maybe we're better off without you at this juncture. Well, let's let's also, let's also let you hear what Bronco Mendenhall had to say during his press conference yesterday. And he is very complimentary of BYU, and he's very proud of his time in Provo. I'll open with a quick comment. Uh, yeah, BYU is near and dear to my heart. Um, they gave me an opportunity to be a head coach. Um, 13 years, uh, I was at Brigham Young University. My father played there. My brother played there. I lived close by, um, and so yeah, I just—it's um, an amazing experience to now be able to to return. But it's been six years, uh, and I'm the coach at university at the University of Virginia, and so thankful to be here and to continue to learn and grow and progress. Um, and I'll always be thankful for the opportunities I was given um, for. The institution, I'm talking about BYU and for the unique set of values that align with my faith and the development of young people. Um, as you know, I have a son serving a mission currently, another one on his way out on January 3rd, so I'll have two out at the same time. Um, and my faith is really important to me and to have been able to coach at a place uh, where that is paramount and a mission where you enter to learn and go forth to serve, um, that's uh, meaningful. And so, um, yeah, I, I would just like to express gratitude for that opportunity. And that really allowed me to come to the University of Virginia and be ready, um, capable. And, and it's been one of the most uh, amazing experiences of my life. My wife and I, my kids, we, we love Charlottesville. We love this institution. Um, we love everything about this journey we're on and all the hard work that it's taken to restore and build and, and return a program um, to, um, and returning a program to what it once was and hopefully continue to add value in that way. I think that's what all of us want to do is make a difference that lasts, right? That's not specific only to us, but that it keeps going. and. And that, to me, is how you really gauge an effective leader um, that has a pure motive. Um, there's plenty that are anxious to see a place thrive because they're there and kind of hopefully want it to fall when they're not. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I love the idea of doing the best I can for a place, for an institution, for a community, and it continues to thrive after. And. That to me is is kind of the most rewarding part. Um, really proud of my team and how hard they battled and fought and scratched and clawed in another Coastal Division game, fourth in a row. Um, they kept our our um, our home record as dominant and which is a core part of building a program. Um, 
And the next part, as you all know, um, we have two road wins back to back, and that's really important for this program to continue to grow and expand. It's be able to travel uh, and play well regardless of where you go. And so that kind of frames this next test. Um, but really fun being with my team again this morning. I'm so thankful for them, their effort. They're allowing themselves to be coached by me. And, and um, that's the most long-winded probably start that I've ever had in my, my time here. The, the you guys in Charlottesville know. So I just thought, man, why don't we just get it all out today on Monday? <laughs> and then you won't have to ask me anything else. And there's not any more time that will be given. And I might have just limited question time, too. Maybe that was the motive if you're kind of like looking behind the scenes. And there it is. The joke about not being asked any questions at the end of his opening statement that rambled for three minutes. I love Bronco. There are so many weird quirks about that dude, but he's got this just weird endearing quality to him, folks. I can't quit him. I, I don't know what it is about Bronco, but there's just something about that man. And I, I for one, look forward to this matchup on Saturday night. We'll continue to get you ready for the actual you know, on-field play, but wanted to get the head coaching matchup out of the way and get their comments for you guys here. But very very interesting game ahead and I truly look forward to it and it's good to hear Bronco be very complimentary of his time at BYU and what he's looked to accomplish in at Virginia over the past six seasons similar to what he accomplished during his run with the Cougars in a decade and now it's just now we turn our attention to actually watching what happens on the field and we'll continue to get ready for that as the week progresses uh, comments from players coaches interviews all that stuff we'll have it all covered for you uh, coming up here in just a minute, it is a Twitter Tuesday. I threw it out on Twitter asking for questions. You guys responded with, I think I, I'm going to answer two of them in particular. If I have more time, I'll get to some more, but two in particular I want to hit on. We'll touch on those in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, and Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's a really simple concept, and I'm sure you guys will love this if you give it a shot. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anybody in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as a number of mid-major players you may not have ever heard of. They offer all the props you could think of, yardage, touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. It's a really simple concept. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times back on any of your entries, and it's just you versus those projected numbers. Price Picks does allow uh, mixed sport entries, so you can venture over into the NBA, NFL, or MLB realm, or any other sport that you have interest in. And the best part is, your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Use their award-winning app on your app store. You can download it now or go to their website, prizepicks.com. While you're there, when you make your first deposit, receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON to take advantage of it. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so do not hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 100% instant deposit match or go to your app store and download the app today to get started there. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. As mentioned in the open, our show today is brought to you in part by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that your car will need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions about your vehicle while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com rockauto.com, excuse me, at home and also in your pocket. So save time and money when using at Rock Auto. Why would you willingly choose to spend 30 
50, even 100% markup for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business. They want to help you guys out. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. This is not a fly-by-night organization, my friends. Rock Auto's prices are always reliably low for every customer. They've got everything you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. They've got it all covered. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all your auto parts needs. Get to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms out there. And it is a hashtag Twitter Tuesday. Let's get to your guys' questions, answering the questions you guys have been wondering about. I'll do my best to answer them. I can't guarantee that they're the best answer, but I'll do my best to give you the right answer. Now, this question comes in from Nick Chadwick. And Nick, I owe you an apology. I meant to address this last week. So let's get to it. Here is the question. It's 2023 BYU's first First year in the Big 12, what does the makeup of the football team look like? And that's an interesting question because you add this caveat to it. It says you hopefully see coaches' money increased, more members on staff to help recruiting, player experience. How bad do we lack in those areas that no one really sees? Seeing Oregon's new practice facility, knowing BYU is not spending that type of money, what improvements need to happen in order to bring in better recruits? So you're looking more for an upgrade in terms of the overall talent base for BYU. And that's the interesting debate about all of this, Nick, is when it goes when it comes to BYU entering the Big 12, yes, I do hope that the coaches' salaries, especially the assistant coaching salary pool, goes up. Because Kalani Sitake, if he ultimately wants to succeed at the in the Big 12 and he wants to succeed at the highest levels of football, he needs to have the assistant coaches around him that he feels like he can succeed with. BYU, throughout their illustrious history, has always done more with less. And that is both a compliment and a detriment. Bronco Mendenhall talked about it. Gary Croton talked about it. You can go back to times, I'm sure Lavelle Edwards even addressed this, saying that BYU does not pay market rate for their coaches. So at times, I'm sure they had assistant coaches. You can think of guys like Norm Chow, Robert Anai. Uh, during uh, Kalani Sitake's tenure, he tried to bring in assistants from other programs where the coaches, they're coming from Power 5 potentially to come to BYU. And the coach of the Power 5 program says, okay, what are they going to pay you? Well, just double that. I'll give you that. That's what BYU's up against. So I hope with the increase of money that BYU will be making in the Big 12, they can increase especially that talent pool, not the talent pool, the coaching salary pool for the assistant coaches to keep those coaches on staff that you need, but also upgrading the talent in some areas if Kalani Sitake deems that necessary. Now, the other part of it with with regards to recruits is, yes, BYU does need to upgrade what they're doing in the talent department. And what I mean by that is, is they need to bring in more folks to do more evaluation of these prospective student athletes at the high school level. BYU is venturing into the Midwest for the first time, by and large, in their entire history. There are athletes in the Midwest, especially in the state of Texas. You can think of Oklahoma. You can go to Cincinnati, where Ohio's at. 
there are talent bases, even UCF in Florida, that BYU can start to tap into now as a member of the Big 12. Well, the only way you're going to discover athletes is to have people who have eyeballs on these athletes. Members are a great resource, and Kalani has been very, very clear about saying if you know a young man or you see a young man who you think has the tools, has the gumption, has the character, has the maybe the religious affiliation to succeed at BYU, please let us know. Well, guess what? Members can only do so much. His assistant coaches, they can only do so much. Guys like Jason Ayu, as well as Jack DeMooney and their student assistants that are working with them can only do so much. I hope that the off-the-field staffing, especially in the talent personnel department in terms of identifying talent, pursuing them, sending them the love on social media, all of that entailed you start to see more people hired on into full-time positions for that going into the Big 12. It's a sad, sad thing to acknowledge that Utah State for many, many years had more staffers working in recruiting than BYU has ever had in their tenure. That number is starting to balance out a little bit. BYU has added some folks, but they are still behind the eight ball in that realm. I am hopeful you see that upgraded. So, BYU, yes, they need to invest more. And that's, I'm a broken record on that. You guys have probably heard me bellyache for years and years on this podcast about the fact that BYU needs to invest more in their football program. I'm going to stick to it. They have invested more, sure. But have they invested the amount that they probably could and probably should have? No, not even close. And that is the problem as BYU goes to play a Power 5 schedule is they need to do everything within their power, and that includes putting money into the pockets of people who can help them compete at this level. I'm speaking to coaches, talent evaluators, all that. They need to make sure those people are taken care of. Invest in it. Protect it. Help it. And you will reap the benefits from it. But if you don't invest in it, you can't expect much more than what BYU is accomplishing right now in independence now as they go into a Power 5 conference. That's just my take. So hopefully that answers your question, Nick. I know you had another question. Hopefully I can get to that another time. But i got to get to one other question here on today's show. And that is coming in from Preston and Corinne Arnold at, at BYU Arnold's. It says, the offense seems to be talented and efficient. They keep the ball, are explosive, and minimize penalties. Yet the point totals remain low. Is it limited possessions, scheme, play calling, or what other factors are preventing the offense output Cougar fans would like to see? It's a great question. Biggest thing right now is the number of overall possessions and overall plays that BYU has been able to run. Uh, going in to the game this last week against Washington State, BYU had been outsnapped, and I think I've quoted this a couple of times. It's north of 70 extra snaps for the opposition over the previous three or four games. That's an entire game's worth of snaps. That is why opponents are, well, excuse me, that's not why they are. That's why they were having extra opportunities to score on BYU. If you have limited possessions and you're controlling the ball, because BYU is more of a ball control offense, as you acknowledge here, Preston. I'm assuming Preston sent this question. And Corinne, if you sent it, you're even smarter than your husband. I'm assuming you're married, but nonetheless, uh, a very interesting question is that BYU needs to get more snaps. You saw that against Washington State. They went with a ball control offense, running the ball, controlling that. Now, when you run the ball, you're going to run the clock. So therefore, that's going to make point totals artificially low. This year's team, I think the formula is very, very clear. This is not the explosive 2020 team that's going to put up 50 points against everybody. That's not going to happen. 
but I do think this is a team that is more than capable, I think, of getting into the 30-point range. Is that the high-flying offense you've dreamed of seeing at BYU? Probably not, but this is a different type of BYU football program this year. It's led by Tyler Algier. It is a ground-game-oriented team. This is not the high-flying offense that we saw in 2020. Could I be wrong about that? Sure, but everything I've seen so far, and I think that everybody that's listening to this podcast has seen so far, is that this team is oriented to remain ground-based, and it's yielded great results. They're 6-2. and two. They're ranked in the top 25 once again after falling out for a week. Wins are wins, folks. And I, I know that you want to see the BYU halcyon days of putting up 50 points and 500 yards of offense. Maybe that comes at some point. Maybe as Jaron Hall maybe goes into a second year starting next year, you see kind of that leap that Zach Wilson took from 2019 to 2020. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it very well could happen. And the talent base is there to help support a guy like Jaron Hall. And we'll see if that ultimately can occur. But I just think that 2021, the formula is clear this year. Run the ball, control the clock, control possessions, and yeah, you may win the games 28-24, to 24, but you are winning, so enjoy that. Now, one other question came in from our good friend Yahoo Bugster, and I think I addressed this a little bit earlier, Tyler. Uh, he says, what should the fans' reaction to be to Bronco returning? He adds that he served the university well in Independence, wasn't for the week. Bronco and Tom Homo built a brand that was improved both on the field and off. I'll be at the game, and we'll be giving him a standing ovation. I think there are going to be a number of people out there who are going to give him that standing O and make sure that their appreciation for what he accomplished at BYU is acknowledged. But I think there is a fan base, not a fan base, there is a subsect of this fan base that also, as I mentioned, thinks that Bronco Mendenhall left them high and dry. And they probably think they're better off with what Kalani Sitake has done so far in his tenure. And I know that there's arguments to be made on both sides that Bronco accomplished more than Kalani's accomplished at this point. Semantics, in my opinion. I think, I'm guessing it's a 50-50 split. I'd be happy to be wrong in that regard, but I think there's going to be about 50% of the fans who are like, Bronco, we love you, blah, 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 blah. There's another half of them, you're the enemy, boo, hiss, now get out, lose the game, and go back to Charlottesville. That's what I think is going to happen. We'll see. Uh, I I may be wrong about that, but that's kind of how I think things are going to play out throughout this upcoming week. But, very interesting week. It's got a lot of juice, surprisingly, for a non-conference matchup of a team based in Charlottesville, Virginia, and another team based in Provo, Utah. But that's what happens when you have two LDS uh, head coaches going against one another. By the way, the staffs for both of these teams still very well acquainted with one another, one another as well. All right, a couple other notes for you guys to round out today's show that we'll get to here momentarily. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock is a really cool product, my friends, because It helps you no matter what you're trying to do in your day-to-day life if you have an issue with sweating. If you don't sweat much, consider yourself lucky. But if you're a guy like me, sweating is part of your everyday life. That's where Sweat Block comes in. We've been talking about it for about a month now. We've talked a lot about what the wipes can do as they stop sweat for seven days. And it seems that people have been listening. We have some friends of the Locked On Podcast Network who have reached out and kind of explained how it's worked for them. There's a high school teacher who actually was taking a second shirt to work. He would uh, change it halfway through the day after about four periods just to avoid his students making fun of him behind his back. Also had a Hollywood producer who's working in Atlanta, 18-hour days in that Atlanta heat. She heard about sweat blocks, started trying it, and absolutely loves it. And also a soccer player, an actual athlete, who decided, I'm going to give this a shot. He went out to practice, uh, 
put a sweat block on his pits. He came back from practice, sweaty everywhere else, but dry as a bone in his armpits. It's an absolutely incredible product. It's been developed by doctors. It stops ex- excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's doctor recommended, doctor created, as I mentioned. It also features a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block does not keep you dry, you get your money back. And by the way, it's not just for armpits. You can use it anywhere you have excessive sweating. And I mean anywhere. <clears throat> You know what I mean. All right, so give it a shot, folks. Get to sweatblock.com for 20% off your order. You can use the promo code Locked On. You also can get it at Amazon and at your local CVS pharmacy. But if you want to save that 20% off Sweatblock, get to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code Locked On and stop the sweating and do it with Sweatblock. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, folks, before we go here on this Tuesday edition of the show, did you guys know you're listening to the second version of this podcast? Yeah, I I probably should have mentioned that in the open, but uh, I had last night's show, uh, last night when I was recording the show, excuse me, I had it all done, I was processing it, and then my computer glitched, uh, my audition that I used to edit my audio shut down, it sent that audio file to the eternal abyss where there is no return, so... You're getting a second version of Locked On Cougars here on a Tuesday, and I guess we'll say the, hopefully the better version of the two, but you never know. That first version was pretty dang good. But nonetheless, let's catch you guys up on some other news and notes involving BYU athletics here. Uh, for the second time during the 2021 season, BYU running back Tyler Algier has been named the Independent Offensive Player of the Week by College Sports Madness. Of course, he tallied that career-high 32 carries for 191 yards and two touchdowns to lead BYU to that 21-19 victory over Washington State. He was previously recognized as the CSM Independent Offensive Player of the Week following his 218-yard three-touchdown performance against Utah State in that 34-20 victory up in Logan in Week 5. Jaron Hall also was a back-to-back winner of the CSM Award in his own right earlier this year. So really, really cool to see, and congratulations and a well-deserved honor for one of the best players we've seen in recent memory at BYU. Think of some of the great running backs that BYU has seen in recent memory. Is BYU slowly turning into a running back U? That debate is to be had there. It's an interesting one to think about. Other notes for you guys is the number eight ranked BYU women's volleyball team swept the West Coast Conference a Player of the Week awards. Kenzie Korber was named West Coast Conference Offensive Player of the Week for her 17 kill performance, in addition to her other performances last week. Also, Libero Maddie Allen was named WCC Defensive Player of the Week. So, congratulations to both Korber as well as Allen on those awards. BYU athletes won Player of the Week awards honors back in September. Both of them, excuse me, marking their second recognition each this season. Good to see women's volleyball continuing to absolutely clean up in the awards department and well-deserved honors across the board. So congratulations to them. Uh, They are back in action this week at home as I believe they host USF this week. So best of luck to the women's volleyball program as they get ready for that matchup. They've been on Allen absolute tear. I think it was it 10 matches in a row they've won now. Just an absolutely incredible run here. USF Thursday at 7 o'clock Mountain Time inside the Smithfield House. Now, final note from today's show is I do have two tickets to watch the return of Bronco Mendenhall to Provo. 
I've been trying to debate uh, since we got done with the Washington State game. I actually really going back to last week and thinking about this. How am I going to give away? How am I going to give away these tickets? We've done some fun contests, that type of stuff. Well, here, here's the thing. We've talked a lot about Bronco Mendenhall and what he means to the BYU football program and what he accomplished during his time at the helm of the BYU football program. So, it's a simple question, and you're going to email me about it, and I'm going to read the responses, and we'll do a random number generator, and your response will get you one entry, and then whatever the random number generator puts out there, you win the pair of tickets to watch the game this Saturday night. So the question, the prompt, if you will, and you need to respond to this by emailing us, so lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address to send your responses to. And the question is, what are your fondest memories, or maybe, okay, what is your fondest memory of Bronco Mendenhall as head coach at BYU? Simple as that. And maybe it fondest memories. If you got one or two, sure, expand it out a little bit. But what is your fondest memory of Bronco Mendenhall as BYU's head coach? As I mentioned, your response gets you one entry. I'll use a random number generator to throw out a number. And whatever number pops out after we run it a few different times, that will be our winner for those tickets to go watch BYU and Virginia square off this week. So best of luck to you. Get those entries in now, and we will announce that winner on the Thursday edition of the podcast. you got a couple of days, so get on it. Uh, I'm going to announce that winner. You guys will have your opportunity to enter, but you got about two days here to get those responses. Email LockedOnBYU at gmail.com to get your responses in now if you want to go see Bronco Mendenhall and the Virginia Cavaliers face off against your number 25-ranked BYU Cougars. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. want to encourage you now to get over to Locked On Big 12. Josh Neighbors catches you up on everything going on in that conference in 30 minutes or less. It's BYU's new conference home, folks. They're headed there in 2023, so get up to speed with everything going on over there. He does a good job involving BYU and the other new members of the Big 12 in his podcast. It is free and available on all podcasting platforms. All right, that'll do it. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 26th, 2021, and we will catch you guys manana. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.